Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Welcome back to another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. You ever driving by something, maybe a creepy old property, and you're like, I wonder what's going on in there. I got to get some pictures in there. Well, there is a person <laughs> who's... Pretty much livelihood nowadays is documenting old abandoned properties in the southeast. He spends a lot of time in Florida as well, and we're going to be talking to him and showing you some pretty fascinating videos today. My name is Matt Austin. And I'm Ginger Gadsden. Some of these pictures, when you see them, will give you the heebie-jeebies. And I have never once driven past an abandoned property and wanted to go inside, but now I do. Now I, I was going to say, maybe it's a guy <laughs> thing because I drive I by know. stuff and I'm like, man, I'd like to kick down that door and just there, see yeah. what's crawling okay. around in there. Well, a person who has done that, our guest today is Leland Kent. He is a blogger, lives in Florida. Leland, thank you so much for joining us for Florida's Fourth Estate. I am fascinated by your social media and the images you put on there and the videos. It is crazy. First of all, Tell us how you got started because you have video of one of the most infamous houses in Central Florida. How did you get started, Leland? It just really started as a passion. Um, this is something that I started doing about 10 years ago. Um, on the weekends, me and my wife would just go out and explore the city around us. And it just really grew from there. Um, I started getting noticed and I created a blog titled Abandoned Southeast. And it's really taken off. And um, now it's grown from a hobby to something that I do every day. Yeah, awesome. and so the infamous place, sorry, Matt, that no, I was talking about is the Bin Laden house that's here in Central Florida. If people are unfamiliar with it, Osama Bin Laden's brother lived in Claremont, Florida when 9-11 happened. And people have all sorts of conspiracy theories about the brother getting flown out. Uh, I think it was something like 11 days after 9-11. Some people thought he flew while the skies were still shut down. But there's basically this beautiful house on a lake in Claremont. This is actually very close to my parents' house, so I drive by it all the time. And when you get a look inside, like what was your feeling as you as you took a look at this place, Leland? Well, it's, you know, it's not really like a creepy property like a lot of people try to make it out to be. Um, it's really a beautiful old house and it's got a beautiful look to it. And it's really just kind of fascinating. It's a shame that it's just going to sit there and rot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to it in the future now that a developer owns it, but it's, it's just a shame. It's almost approaching a hundred years old now. It was built in the 1920s, um, originally owned by a guy that was a chemist for Jello, And so from there, um, it went through the hands of the owner of the Tupperware company. And after that, it ended up in the 1980s in the hands of Osama bin Laden's brother, Khalil. And he owned it up until nine, up until nine 11 when they were flown out. Yeah, and you look at this place, and Matt and I were talking about it uh, before you jumped on with us. We were saying, like, you could own this house and do something with it, but I feel like the stigma surrounding it might give it kind of like some bad juju. You know, that could be a possibility. It seems that every owner that's owned this property has had nothing but bad luck with it. Um, and here we are sitting at abandoned today. It's a beautiful property. It's on it's right on that beautiful lake there. And um, it's just, like I said, it's a shame that it's sitting vacant like it is today. But you can see just from like the bathroom shot right there, that's just so unusual. And you got a great view of the lake, even from the bathroom. Yeah, nothing like sitting on the toilet looking out. 
on a beautiful <laughs> lake. I mean, Gosh. this guy. And look at the ceilings in this place. Yeah, when you go in, when I first heard about this, because, again, we drive by this all the time in Claremont, Florida. You think this has to be just in shambles inside. It looks kind of crazy outside. There's stuff like stacked in the driveway to keep people from driving up. Was there any sort of issue getting into the place, Leland? You said you actually had a chance to talk to the owner. What was it like just trying to gain access? Well, back back in 2016, when I first visited the house, I really didn't know much about it. And I was under the impression that it was still vacant. Um, and when I drove up, the gate was wide open, so we just drove in. And that's when I met the owner um, standing in the yard. And, he, and I told him, you know, what I was there to do and just to look at the house. And so he invited me in and, show, and just kind of showed me around real quick. Uh, told me about his plans of it. We talked about the wood. It's actually a unique wood. I think it was called wormwood. And he said it was extremely rare and it was hard to come by. And um, you can see the ceiling was made out of it in that great hall. There was also some doors and some trim that were made out of it. I think even some of the garage doors were made out of that wormwood. And since those have all been uh, taken out, um, I guess, you know, somebody stole them or something. But um, there's pieces of the house that are now like starting to starting to come up missing. So it's kind of sad, you know, this property is just sitting there and it's going to continue to sit vacant until somebody does something with it. When you went back uh, not so long ago and you were there on your own, did you have some sort of, what did, what did it feel like being there just with you and your camera and what were you hoping to capture? I was hoping to, to see the current state of the house. And uh, luckily, it hasn't changed a whole lot. But like I said, some of the architectural features were missing, uh, like some of those wooden doors and the wooden trim. I think even the mantle was gone. Um, it had these beautiful, like, iron um, chandeliers hanging in the Great Hall. Those have disappeared. Mm. Um, so, you know, like some of the features are starting to disappear over the years. And I just want to capture it before everything is completely gone. Um, like I said, a developer owns a property now. It's hard to say what's going to happen with it. But uh, we know Florida and the way the property values go. Often the houses like this are torn down. Leland, you're not the kind of guy, you're just not what I pictured. And I don't mean this in any sort of <laughs> negative way. I was picturing like sort of an adventurous Indiana Jones kicking in, dressed like a ninja and documenting this. You seem like you're just fascinated by architectural properties and you're just kind of a smart guy who likes to document stuff. Am I correct in that? I mean, that's that's what I'm picking up. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much what I do. And what I mean, I maybe you have some Indiana Jones in you too. I don't know. <laughs> I've got an adventurous side, but uh, but you know, I, I do this because it fascinates me, and I just enjoy it. Like I said, it started out as a hobby. This was just something that I just found to be interesting. And like you said, you know, you see those places on the side of the road. You want to stop and take a look and see what's inside. And that's just, I guess, the curious kid in me. <laughs> I, I expected you to have a, at least a face or a neck tat. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was picturing a neck tat. You did disappoint a little bit with that one, Leland. Well, you know, I grew up in Alabama. I didn't grow up here in Florida, so things are a little different. <laughs> oh, because the oh, Floridians sir, have the neck tats. Well done, sir. Well done. And so this this has become your job. You have been able to turn this into your profession, which is pretty amazing. You you have taken what you're interested in, and it has become the thing that you make money on. What has that transition been like as far as making this into your 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 business? Um, 
it's been slow but steady. Um, it's like I said, it's something that I've enjoyed. So I've been fortunate. I've been featured on uh, shows like American Greed and CNBC Inside Edition, uh, CNN Travel, and uh, those big shows just kind of opened up more doors. Um, I secured a publishing deal back around 2018, and uh, I've been able to publish six books so far. And they're they're just about abandoned places, cities, uh, states. And um, it's just like I said, it's just something that I enjoy doing. And I just continue to do it for that reason. You know, just kind of these these opportunities just give me more of a reason to go out and do this. Yeah, I'm looking at your book on uh, Amazon and the reviews are really, really good. People are really into this sort of, uh, you know, kind of looky-loo type thing. And I, I, I've enjoyed just looking at your Instagram and your social media uh, pages because I'm like, who would have thought? I try to capture things because these places tend to disappear. You know, things get renovated, things get demolished, especially here in Florida. I've, I've lived in Florida for about eight years now, and I've seen a lot of places come and go. So um, that's another reason that's kind of fueled me to document as much as I can while it's still here. Um, you know, there's a, I love historic architecture, but not everybody feels that way. So sometimes you just got to roll with the punches and get what you can. And that's why I choose to document these places. Yeah, there's something about your Instagram feed that taps into something that I wanted, but I didn't know I wanted. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm seeing something I'm probably not supposed to be seeing, but I like it. My, It's a little endorphin rush. So we showed you the inside of the Bin Laden house. After the break, Leland's going to show us some other properties that he's gotten into that might creep you out. All right, They might give you the heebie-jeebies. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And I don't blame you because our guest is simply fascinating today. Leland Kent, he's a blogger who really goes into these abandoned places and just sort of, you know, takes account of what they're like right now. Uh, some of the places are just fascinating. And Leland, I want to talk to you about this next one that really got my attention. I thought it was like an adult prison, but it's a juvenile center and it's located in Florida. When I looked at the images of this, this is how every dystopian, uh, apocalyptic <laughs> sci-fi movie starts. It is the thing nightmares are made of. How did you find this place and what are we seeing? All right, what you're looking at here is a juvenile detention center. And um, I just happened to find this place by just driving down the road. I literally looked over to my right and saw a sign that said juvenile center with an arrow. And there was ivy growing all over the sign. So I knew it wasn't really active anymore. So I took a right and went down the road and I met this basically nondescript concrete looking building. And um, the front of it was busted wide open. So I just walked right inside and you could just, you could just smell Look like the, the moss on the bed there. That's wild. <laughs> 
Yeah, and the whole place, it was like it was raining a little bit outside, so it was raining inside. You know, you can see the roof has just come down inside. And um, it was just amazing. And I, all the blue, you know, since it was a juvenile center, it was for boys. So everything is painted in this, um, like, a, this light blue color. Uh, and you can just see there the decay and stuff on the ground and all from above. It was just really fascinating. You don't seem creeped out by this at all. I'd be, I would have the willies walking around this place like nonstop. Uh, do you, well, let me ask you for Ginger. Do you believe in ghosts? I don't really believe in ghosts. You know, I've been in places that are supposedly haunted, but I've, I've never really had anything scary. Yet. How you like that, yet, Andrew? Leland, How does that make yet. you feel? Well, no, because this is a place where you definitely want to, do you generally work alone? And I mean, do you hear any kind of creepy noises or I, there has to be something going on? Because I feel like, especially this juvie center, so much stuff probably happened there and you know, it wasn't all good. There's got to be something there. Well, I mean, yeah, of course you're standing inside. It, it can be pitch black in places. Um, you hear like metal clanging, beating around you, like doors flapping. There's a lot of noises going on. I mean, I've been in places where they've had vultures in the ceiling. So you hear like stuff walking above you and clanking around. Um, you know, pigeons will be flying out from places sometime. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it can it can be kind of exhilarating. I, I usually go solo now. Um, I wouldn't really advise that, you know, just always have somebody around. Um, I always tell my wife where I'm at, where I'm going, so she knows. Um, if she doesn't hear from me to, you know, call somebody, but, but do you go um, at night? You ever go at no, night? No, I don't really ever go at night. Um, you know, going at night can kind of give off the wrong impression. Uh, if you get caught at night, you know, people might think you're trying to break in somewhere mm. or burglarize something. Yeah. So, um, I prefer to go like early in the morning because the light's usually right then. It's not, um, you know, full sun out yet. It's not heat of the day, especially here in Florida. So, um, I prefer, you know, late in the evening or early in the morning to go exploring. But, you know, if I don't if I don't really have that choice, I will go during the day. But I try not to go at night too much. Has there been anything that's really just taken you aback when you're in there saying, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting this? You know, it, that's happened. Um, it's happened fairly often over the years. I've been in funeral homes. That's one of my favorite places to explore um, just because they're unique in themselves. Um, we found bodies before I found what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's Stop so much we need to unpack right with the last two sentences. Stop I've been to right funeral now. homes. They're my favorite places to explore. <laughs> I found, I found bodies. bodies. Leland, <laughs> explain yourself. <laughs> what do you mean you found bodies? You know, like funeral homes are like houses. They're, they're extremely unique. Each one of them is unique. And most of them, the older ones, were family-owned and operated. So each family had their own way of, of how they of how they cared for the how they cared for the dead, how they worked, how they operated, how the funeral home was set up, even. So um, you know, like I said, they're like houses. So this sort of thing is just kind of fascinating to see how they operate. And um, I've just had the unfortunate incidents of seeing place seeing dead bodies, you know. And um, these places weren't cared for; they were just left. Uh, the owners were deceased already, and um, there was just nothing going on. They would just continue to sit. Um, but luckily, authorities got involved, and they were removed and reburied. Uh, but, you know, you still run across places today that still have dozens of cremains left behind. And, um, you know, I try to do the right thing. If I find that type of stuff, I will call the county coroner and let them know that's there. So, um, so you know, that's the, that sort of thing is picked up. Um, but, 
there's all kinds of things I find, you know, we find caskets and we find hearses, um, you know, I found money before. Um, it's just like, just pretty much you name it, you can, you can find it in an abandoned building. Um, I've seen guns, you know, so it's just like a little bit of everything anywhere you go. Right? But I appreciate the fact that you, yeah, uh, you have a lot of respect, it seems, yeah. for, yeah, and, and if awesome. something's wrong, you, awesome. you call the police and you don't disturb things or mess things up. I think it's important that people know about that. I want to bring in uh, another video you gave us here. This is of an abandoned casino boat, uh, which is really random. I would imagine this was like the uh, SS Tetanus. Look at all the <laughs> rust on this thing. Is, is that where you found the money? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wish there was some money there, but unfortunately, no. <laughs> Um, now this casino boat, this is a pretty interesting story. It started out in Savannah, um, and made its way down to Florida. It was, um, it would, they would do offshore gambling. So you could go three miles out and then gamble in the open seas and it wouldn't be an issue. Well, um, they weren't quite going three miles out and letting folks gamble. And so that got, that got them in trouble and, um, they had to sideline the boat for a while Well, the, well, it got sold and it was going to reopen and on their inaugural voyage they went out and the ship uh, ran aground so um, everybody had to be rescued off and ended up turning into like a 16-hour ordeal instead of you know a leisurely night out on the on the uh, casino ship well that happened again and the second time it happened the coast guard got involved and they pulled the license of the boat so it was not allowed to operate and it just continued to sit well, as it was moored, the owners decided to just abandon the ship and just leave it where it was parked. And nothing ever really came of it. And even today, it's just still sitting there rotting. Um, today, it's got about nine feet of water in the bottom of it. And so it's slowly sinking down into the water. I can't believe it still has those old slot machines in there. I would think those things have some value. I mean, maybe if they weren't shattered and destroyed. But <laughs> some of the stuff you come across has to have some real value to it, Leland. Oh yeah, of course it does, and that's part of the um, that's part of why you can't give away the location of some of these places, um, because you know there's there's stuff there that could be stolen, um, that could be vandalized, and so you know it's important to try to maintain the integrity of these places, even if they are abandoned. Um, oftentimes they do belong to somebody somewhere, and so I would just prefer just to leave nothing but footprints uh, when I go to these places and just to take take the photos with me. And that's the only thing I ever take. We've uh, we've talked about the uh, abandoned juvie center, the casino boat, and you have another place that is really fascinating. And you talked about funeral homes, too. But this place is a church and you never think of churches as being abandoned. You think of houses of worship, places that are vibrant and people in the neighborhood go to them year after year and generation after generation. You know, and that's true. Um, but you see these days, a lot of these congregations are older and they're starting to shrink. And when that happens, they often can't afford to maintain the facility that they're in and they move to a smaller facility. And so when that happens, uh, usually the old building will sit vacant. And depending on where it's at and how long it sits, it may not be viable to uh, for anybody else to move in. And so oftentimes it'll just go abandoned like this church today. Um, now, this church was built around 1912, and you can see the stained glass is all original. Um, it's beautiful, it's too. It's real stained glass. Uh, but it's been vacant so long. Look, the spider webs stretch across from the pews. Wow. Um, the ceiling tiles are so, starting to come down in places. Even the floors are, are starting to rot. And uh, you can see there where like animals have been chewing on the pews and stuff like that. 
you just see all kind of weird stuff in these places. And that's why I think it's kind of fascinating. Um, you know, not only is it the architecture, but you see the slow decay over time of, of how places just will rot into, into the ground, literally. Yeah, that yeah, is wild. Yeah. And to think oh of people gosh. getting baptized here a hundred years ago, right where you're standing, yeah. that has to be kind of an awe-inspiring. There's a lot of history there. Well, Leland Kent, I find your story fascinating. Yeah. I love anytime somebody does something that they're they're interested in, they get a bunch of other people interested mm -hmm. in it, and then you got yourself a job and a platform. So congratulations. You can find him on Instagram. Uh, tell me the name one more time to, to find you on Instagram. You can find me under Abandoned Southeast um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Oh, a fellow TikToker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely be following you there, Leland. Thank uh, you so much. For sure. Thank you for documenting history because, you know, if it weren't for you, then if these places are torn down, we might not remember. We wouldn't even know about before. it. Yeah. yeah. It's a good so point. Thank you. Thanks, Leland. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.